You're listening to episode number 35 of the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today, before I dive into introducing our incredible guest of today's show, I am going to read the review of the week. This one is from Stephanie Case. She gave us five stars with the incredible title in all caps, best podcast ever. And Stephanie said, I've listened to so many podcasts before, but none compare to this one. I've listened to literally every episode, and it is pure magic. Evie and Lindsay know how to give you a little kick in the booty with lots of love and inspire you to kick butt in your business. These episodes are filled with practical tips and inspiring messages. No matter what kind of business you own, or even if you're not an entrepreneur, you're going to learn so much from this podcast because it's not only smart business advice, but life lessons. So grateful for these two and their willingness to share. Stephanie, thank you so much for that review. It seriously means the world. I just read that for the first time on the air. I didn't read it before recording. And wow, not only am I really touched, but also that's just seeing these reviews blows my mind, guys. And it really means a lot to us, not just encouragement wise, but also getting the podcast up on the charts and helping other people see what we're doing here and listen and get involved in this community. So if you are listening and you haven't left us a review, please go do that. It just takes a couple seconds and it really helps us out. So if you love the podcast, that would be a great, great way to cheer us on and get this word out for the podcast. So with that being said, I am going to dive in to introducing today's guest, Today, we are talking to Justine Lackey. Justine is the founder of Good Sense Bookkeeping, an entirely virtual business with a team of 13, with a majority of her team being other moms. As Chief Wealth Officer of Good Sense Bookkeeping, Justine has had the privilege to work with many talented people across a wide spectrum of industries. Her clients include artists and art dealers, social media and digital marketing stars, designers, fashion royalty, coaches, consultants, creative agencies, midwives, nonprofits, and even hedge funds. The variety and depth of Justine's experience as an entrepreneur has granted her an incredible array of business acumen, skills which she now uses as a money educator, consultant, and media contributor. Today, we talk with Justine all about cultivating a work environment that allows freedom and flexibility for your team, how to approach money as a single woman or a young mom, and she even goes into depth on a topic she calls time freedom, which is a concept she uses heavily within her team as well as her own life. Time freedom is essentially molding your job around your life and not vice versa. Chatting about that led us to talk even more about work-life balance and even how to find your dream job if you are working with a job you currently hate. This episode is packed solid, guys, with tangible takeaways for the young mom, the new entrepreneur, and the seasoned entrepreneur looking to build a team and create a team environment that cultivates quality employee and client experiences. If you are ready to dive into all of that goodness, then keep on listening. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Justine. 
Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are so stoked to talk to you today all about everything that you're doing and just so much goodness for our listeners today. So let's get started. First off, we just would love to know your story. So who are you and how did you get to where you are today? Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, That's a complicated question, but it's one I always love answering because I think it's an interesting story. Um, I was 19 when I moved to Brooklyn, um, and it was not a very nice place then. Certainly wasn't hipster heaven. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was very involved in the arts and club scene, and just people around me, uh, I had a friend who had a freelance graphic design business. She's like, do you know QuickBooks? And I'm like, nah, I can figure it out. And so <laughs> I started um, going to her studio a few times a week and doing all of her accounting for her. And um, at that time, that was really the rise of the internet and what I believe was the very start of the gig economy. Before that, you didn't really see subcontractors. You didn't see freelancers. Mm-hmm. And um one friend turned me on to another friend, turned me on to another friend. And, and all of a sudden I was, I was bouncing all over New York City and I was in all these different studios. And um, I got tucked under the wing of a, an accounting firm that still to this day deals with most of the major artists and galleries in New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, qualified bookkeepers who actually care, um, are, are they are unicorns. They're like yeah. Facebook ad managers. You just cannot <laughs> find them. <laughs> Um, so when this accounting firm found me, they really, I became their like go-to girl and that's how I started my business. And I, I worked that way for many years. I think I started when I was about 21, when I was 27, I was getting ready to have my first baby. And I was in a loft of a very famous stylist in the fashion district of New York and I was climbing a ladder in heels and I was six months pregnant. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is like insanity. So um, that's when I really started doing virtual bookkeeping. And so to put this in perspective, this is 2001. I mean, like we were mm-hmm. just really starting to use online banking and people were like so suspect of it. They were yeah. like, you know, I'm not telling somebody my password, you know, whatever. Um, they didn't actually even have like view only access, which I can talk about later in terms of tech. Um, so I started doing bookkeeping from home and I was able to do that because I lived in New York and people would like messenger with their documents and, you know, I'd pop in every once in a while, but I basically started working from home mm-hmm. and that was wonderful because it really, that was the birth of what I call time freedom. It allowed me to be at home with my newborn and still work. And my husband would go to, to work during the day. And when he would come home around five o'clock or whatever it was, I would go and tuck myself in my little home office and work for a couple hours. And we'd come out and have dinner together. And, you know, um, it was very low stress. And it was lovely. And so that continued. Um, we had our second baby in 2005. And we did what we call I call the second baby bounce. So like when you're living in New York City, you can tell like it's like second baby, but then you bounce to the suburbs because like you need like, <laughs> and like you know, you're like you're like a walk up and you know, it's just like not good. Um so we left for the suburbs and that's where I am now. That was 14 years ago. And um I'm in a suburb outside of New York City, 45 miles north, 45 minutes north, sorry. Uh beautiful Hudson River town, rich in American history. 
Um, and so when my second son entered preschool, I decided that I was going to hang out a shingle. And that was about 12 years ago. I got a commercial office space and I hired my first employee. And now we have a team of nine on the bookkeeping side and a team of four on the marketing side. Mm. So we are leaders in the virtual bookkeeping space. I am still an early adopter. Um, my very, like one of my very first jobs in New York City is I helped launch the first internet cafe in 1996, I might add. Wow. <laughs> you know, like, I had the first high speed internet connection that was available to the public. Thank you very much. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and I was able to do that because I was like, I was like, this internet thing is like really cool. I gotta, you know, I gotta be a part of that. And uh, so at our office, we are totally tech-centric. We use a lot of apps and technology to be able to provide services all across the country. And our team is is not nationwide also. Mm, wow. That's so, there you go. That's amazing, Justine. You have accomplished so much and your story and journey is so freaking cool. So you now, your bookkeeping company is called Good Sense Bookkeeping and it's made up of, you said, 70% other mamas, which is so cool. Did that happen naturally or did you intentionally hire other moms? That's a funny story. Actually, that's another funny story. Um, so, you know, I went right from working for myself to all of a sudden trying to figure out how to like hire and manage people. Most people's trajectory, at least in my demographic, is they worked for corporate and then they opened their own business. So I went into this. I, I knew nothing about running a business. I knew everything about bookkeeping, but nothing about running a business. And so then I had to hire my first person. The first person I hired, I still talked to her. I talked to her the other day. I found her through Craigslist, but then she went and got a full-time job. And I was very involved in our parent-teacher association at the time. And I'm like, you know, there's so many smart women around. And um, I, I, I replied all to a parent <laughs> PTA email, um, not even actually thinking anything about it. I was like, I have, you know, I have employment opportunities if anybody's interested. And I got like, you know, virtually slapped by the PTA president for doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I was like, I know all these people, you know, but anyway, it was fine. I'm still involved in the PTA and I'm still friends with that person. But anyway, that's how it started is, um, you know, we live outside of New York City. Um, we live in Westchester County, which, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very Tony County because of its proximity to New York. And there are many, many women here who are college graduates or even have post-secondary degrees who leave their full-time jobs in New York because commuting is very stressful because they want to be home with their children. Mm -hmm. And um, this provides them an opportunity to still stay relevant in their field or with skill building and be home to get their kids off the bus. Um, so it was very intentional, and um, there's a lot of pros and cons of working in the art world in New York City and fashion, but um, I went through a lot of challenging, really abusive work environments in my early 20s, and creating a place that was just um, 
where somebody wasn't going to get yelled at or fired because they had to pick up their kids from the bus or somebody got sick. Um, that was really important to me. Yeah. And it still is important to me. It is one of the, um, I have a term, it's called the atmosphere of excellence. And that's not just for our clients. We always want to provide like an excellent top of the line customer service experience, but I want my employees to be in a place of excellence. It's like wonderful to work. In. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's how that I think happens. that's incredible. And some of my employees have been with me for so long. They started out as young, young women and now they're you know, they're ready to have babies and make families. <laughs> I think that's so incredible, though, yeah. Justine, that you you took like the sucky work environments that you might have, have experienced early on. And you in your company, you're like, no, let's give this this atmosphere and let's give this environment really a, a fruitful at, like experience um, for your employees. But then also I love that you're giving women and especially moms a space to still make money and be able to work from home. I think that's so incredible. And just with the, with the rise of the internet and having the opportunity to work from home, I think that's such a unique thing that this, the 21st century is giving moms that ability to kind of be at home, but also work. And I just, I love that you're creating a company that cultivates that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, is like, I have three children my oldest daughter is 17. My son is, will be 15. And my youngest um, is about to be eight. And um, I am now getting ready to go through like the college application process, which feels totally <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> because I'm like, oh my God, like it was bad enough spending freshman orientation, but now like junior prom and college visits are on deck. I'm like, Aww. I'm totally freaked out. Um, but it's really true. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but when they say, you know, the days are long, but the years are short. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a very limited time to be with your young children. And I think everybody yeah. benefits from that. Yeah. You know, I think obviously the kids do, but, you know, I, I think it's important for parents also. Yeah. You know, um, and there's definitely been times, you know, in my career where like, look, something had to get done today. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be home for the mm -hmm to get somebody off the bus. But um, I really tried to design my life and my work environment for my employees where that's like the exception to the rule. Yeah. It's not like, oh, wow, I get to take part of my vacation time <laughs> that I worked so hard with and, and take it off to go see the holiday Christmas concert. Because that's what happens mm -hmm. for a lot of working parents. And, and we're in a place, um, the economic demographics of where we live, most of the time commands that both parents work. I think that's just kind of the truth across America, but very particularly true for any cosmo, you know, like any um, urban area. So, you know, I have a lot of friends. It's like super stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, they're getting home at six and yeah. seven o'clock at night. You know, they have to take, you know, their boss is mad at them because, you know, they want to go to the Valentine's Day party right. on Friday. Yeah. Because we are recording this <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Well, this is actually leads into my next question so, so well. You are about 20 years ahead of us in both business and motherhood. We are fresh on the block. So if you could go back to that space of being like a new mom or, or more fresh in your business, what advice would you give yourself? Um, so there's so many things, but um, I think, I think there's, I think this is twofold, right? It's like, Part of it is like um, spiritual, personal development, and then part of it is financial. 
And um, I think people who are really ambitious have a tendency to be perfectionists. And I know that I definitely have a very strong streak of perfectionism. But I think, um, I can't remember, like I've listened to several episodes, but, you know, about giving yourself grace. Like, you will make mm-hmm. mistakes. But, like, you know, don't, like, just feel it. you got to feel it <laughs> to heal it, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, get over it. Yeah. And learn from it. Like, really, like, you've got to le- look at it and be like, okay, well, how can I do better? How can I not make that mistake next yeah. time? Um, financially, again, you go back to cliches, but like that direct transfer from your paycheck or your checking account to a savings account is really important. Um, and I would start doing that as early as possible. I think it's really great that, um, the younger generations of women, you know, you have this whole childless by choice movement and, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't it still wouldn't be a choice for me, but I love that it's out in the open and, and we have this conversation because I think a lot of women, even in my demographic, were like on autopilot. Like we're just going to mm-hmm. go out and have babies, you know? Um, but so even if, even if children aren't in your plans, getting that automatic savings is set up. And then if you make a switch, like you, know, you guys have talked about, you have this savings. You have savings if you're single and you, you, know, you have a nice cushion. Or if all of a sudden you decide you want to become a parent or you become a parent, you have that money sitting there for you to take some time off and really breathe and, you know, recuperate from the physical taxing experience of childbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, Another really important thing, which I, you know, I wish somebody had told me, I was very lucky when I got my first life insurance policy after my daughter was born. I was 28, which is still very young. And I know that life insurance like seems so far away. But the younger you are, the cheaper it is. And if you're with a company, like, so I don't know if you know how it works, but basically life insurance is like any other insurance policy. It's based on risk. So like, you know, if you have a car, an auto policy, and you get in a bunch of car accidents, your risk goes up, right. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you're really young, the risk of you dying is very low. So let's say, you know, if I got a policy at 28 and I was paying $50 a month, if you get one at 21 or 22, you might be paying 20 bucks a month. And um, it's really like, it can be super cheap. And if you have a kid, you absolutely want to have life insurance. Um, so the earlier you get in the life insurance pool, the cheaper it is. Um, you know, if you're single and you're very, very sure that, you know, you're never going to have children, maybe not. But if you if you do feel that children are in your plan, I would definitely yeah. do that. That's amazing. I think that's so cool. Just encouraging any human, but specifically Justine, you're speaking to the, you know, the young women and the potential future moms of just think about your future and think strategically of where do I see myself and how can I prepare for that future now? I think our generation, the younger generation, especially it thinks very instant gratification and the immediate here and now. Um, and that's the human condition. Yes. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's, that's neuroscience, Yeah, but that's another (laughs) I love it. I could nerd out with you all day on that one. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. I think it's just important for, for people in general, but especially, you know, the next up and coming generation of, of leaders, of parents, of, of business owners, just to think. Lady leaders. Yeah. Yeah. 
to think, just think in the future. And I love that you're talking about that. Yeah. And I just want to say things. Yeah, of course, you know, um, money advice and good money habits. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or a father or dad or a mother or not. Um, these are sort of like universal principles, but, um, the economic reality, the irrefutable academic evidence is that there is a cost of motherhood. And the reason for that is very simple is because when you're working and you're on salary, you're contributing to your social security and Medicare accounts. And as soon as you pull out of the labor pool, you're pulled out of that economic system. And that's not even touching the economic cost of you know opportunity loss because the second you have a gap in your resume, it's harder for you to get employed. And that's one of the reasons why even staying employed part-time as a mom is really important because if you want to go back into the workforce, you don't have that gap in your resume. Um, there was actually a, I think it was an economic thesis, it, was, it became a book called The Price of Motherhood that actually went into the economics of um, you know, how women are impacted financially by, by motherhood. So there is actually very tangible, scientific, numbers don't lie stuff there. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. And Justine, to switch topics a tiny bit, I I know you love talking numbers and tech and everything. So on that topic, what technologies and systems do you use with your team on a daily basis that keeps so many people organized as a team working together on top of dealing with hundreds of clients? Um, I, I refer to that as talking shop. <laughs> I like love a it. Talk shop all day. <laughs> yeah. Um, that definitely gets my blood flying. Um, trial and error, but um, a few of the apps that we use every day is um, one of the ones that I fan so hard on is called um, Harvest. I think it's getharvest.com. It's a time tracking app. And um, that's how we keep track of time for all of our employees and subcontractors. A lot of my clients use it who are based um, service-based industries. Even if you're not billing hourly, if you have a team, I suggest using it because that will help you figure out your profitability. Um, so we use that for time tracking and invoicing. Um, obviously, you know, G Suite is really critical because we front face for a lot of clients. And so what that means is we're an outsourced accounting department. So um, let's say, you know, you guys hired me, it would be accounting at heartandhustlepodcast.com. So G Suite becomes really critical because front-facing to your clients or your vendors or your students, they don't understand that we're an outside service, mm -hmm. So, um, which is really great because it looks like your team is huge and like maybe it's not <laughs> so big, but it's a nice feeling. Um, you know, we use Zoom all the time. I can't tell you what a game changer that was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, screen sharing technology it has come so far. It used to be so unstable. It was just terrible. It took forever. Oh my God, it was infuriating. And so like now I, I, I'm like, I really, like it makes my skin crawl about how bad it was. So, you know, I hop on Zoom calls with clients all the time and we review our financial reports and they're looking at stuff and they can see it real time and I can point things out and show them ratios. And, you know, it's like when you talk about math or even worse, like send an email about math, like card counting, it's really hard to explain it, but if I have my clients live looking at stuff um, and we have weekly team meetings every Tuesday at 1.30 for the accounting staff, for the bookkeeping staff, and um, we also conduct those over Zoom. So that's just really important um, 
in terms of, you know, when you're virtual, it's really hard to, it's not hard to build community, but it's, it's hard to keep it going. Mm -hmm. So um, just spending that half hour to an hour each week with our team is really important. Um, You know, we talk about things, we do service acknowledgements. We just had somebody who, you know, had their two year service acknowledgement last week birthdays, things of that nature. Then it's also a time for us to talk shop. Like, oh man, QuickBooks Online is not talking to Bank of America. Oh yeah, I saw that. This is how I fixed it. So what happens is we have this knowledge pool now spread across nine of us. Whereas before I used to be operating in an an echo chamber. I had nobody to talk to. So um, that's really been an excellent, excellent tool for us. Um, QuickBooks Online, everybody's familiar with that, but for accountants, there's a We have what are called QBOA accounts. It's QuickBooks Online accountant version. Really great. Um, And then lastly, you know, I like when things are simple. So sometimes the best technology is sort of the lowest technology in a way. It's just actually communicating with people and getting on the phone and and talking to them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes the best tech is low tech. (laughs) I agree. Um, Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that... um, you know, sometimes you roll out things and they just don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to know when to like, just, you have to listen to your team. So a really good example of that is, I think it was three years ago, we launched a project management software built for accounting firms. And we spent months setting it up and team training. And, and the company itself was great. They provided a lot of support, a lot of training, Um and like three months into it, I did an evaluation with my team. I was like dead silence. And I was like, well, what do you guys think? And like all of a sudden they were like, we hate it. So <laughs> and it was a huge investment. But you know what? Like sometimes you just got to cut your losses and move on. Mm. So a piece of technology may look great when you're looking at a sales page, but from the from an actual like impact on your operations. I think that goes to show how important communication is for any company, but especially when your entire company is virtual. Like I love that you said you use Zoom. Evie and I, our company isn't entirely virtual since we do host in-person events occasionally, but we don't live together and or in the same state or town even. And so we use Zoom all the time, literally every day. Um, and I just, I love what you said. Communication is so invite, so vital. And especially for things like that, just communicating with your team about, oh, hey, is this, is this system working? And they're like, yeah, no. <laughs> and just like taking that feedback and listening. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So switching gears, you, you mentioned this earlier in the interview, but you have coined this term called time freedom. I would love to dive into that. You said that it's a concept you use with your employees. Can you break down exactly what time freedom is and how you implement it in your company? Yeah. So at some point, I don't know if I was like in a mastermind group or doing an interview and somebody asked me, you know, what did I value most? Something along the lines of what did I value most about being an entrepreneur? And I was like, time freedom, man. And they were like, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, I can do what I want, what I want. And, and I can still do what I want, when I want. Now I might've promised a client today a report by the end of the day and I will get that done. But when I made that promise, I had the option of when I was going to do that. I have the option of picking my child up from the school. I have the option of working out in the morning instead of the evening because that's how I want to design my life. So time freedom is really about um, being able to craft your schedule. 
and having 100% total control of your time. Um, I've, you know, they bandy about these numbers all the time. Like, Oh, if you've been self-employed for like three years or five years, like forget it, you can't ever go back <laughs> to being an employee. And I'm like, yeah, I totally couldn't because like if somebody had to tell me you have to be somewhere at like nine in the morning, like, no, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> like that doesn't work with my daily schedule. Um, so uh, that's how it works in my life in, in relation to how it actually works with the team. Um, when people come to work for good sense, um, actually one of the interview questions I always ask people is, you know, what is your dream job? And if they tell me, Oh, I don't really have a dream job. And I'm like, okay, well like what, what's like the dream environment that you are? Oh, I don't really have a dream environment. Well, like you're not, Either you haven't thought about it, which is not a good sign <clears throat> either, or you're not articulating it. And I need people, strong people on my team who can advocate, who can call me on my stuff, who can mm -hmm. advocate for my clients. Um, so that's not good either. <clears throat> but if they tell me something and it doesn't align with who we are and our corporate values, I know that that person is not right for us. Mm -hmm. So... I write down during the interview what their dream job is. Okay, I, I, you know, I, I work at night uh, or I only want to work on Saturdays and Sundays or whatever it is. Um, those don't necessarily work for us. But, you know, I want to come in at 10 o'clock because working out is really important to me. And I want to be home at 2.30 because my son gets off the bus at 2.45. And I just really need to be able to be at the school whenever I want to be at the school. Or I have some health issues and I just need the freedom to make whatever appointments whenever I can. Any of those things, we can totally accommodate. And um, that's really important because what it does, is it gives people autonomy. When people don't feel like they have autonomy in their lives, they feel trapped. Mm -hmm. And when they feel trapped, they feel unhappy. And if you have people who are unhappy working for you, you're going to have unhappy clients. Mm -hmm. So it's totally, it's a... Um, it's an ecosystem, you know? Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com slash apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. Hey, Heart fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. 
It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part. <laughs> HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. Yeah, I love that. And I think that was something earlier when we were even talking about um, working with these, these moms and giving them that freedom to spend time with their kids to pick them up from the bus, whatever that looks like for them. That was something that kept just circling in my head was when you have a healthy work environment and a healthy team environment and, and you're really catering to as the boss, it's vital that we are taking care of our team first and foremost. And I know that there, there's this phrase that, you know, the customer comes first and yes, absolutely. The customer does, but your team comes first in order to serve the customer first. And if your team is not taken care of and valued and nurtured and given that freedom and that, that ownership, um, I'm sure we could talk, you know, more about how that affects people's minds and the, and the brain science behind giving people ownership of something. But when you're able to give your team members that, that ownership, that responsibility, that autonomy, and that community of taken they're being taken care of and their needs are being met as the owner and as the boss they are then so much more thrilled and happy and satisfied with their work they do better work they are more productive they're more eager to dive into it they're taking better care of the clients and the customers and i think that's something so important as business owners and and team leaders to pay attention to nurturing our team members first and foremost is so important to not just overlook them and immediately look to the customer. I agree with you. I will say that I think that we have several phrases in our um, collective vocabulary that um, need to be reexamined or retired. And um, the first is don't quit, right? No, actually, sometimes you run down an avenue and like absolutely quit. You can't oh, yeah. Anywhere <laughs> yeah, no, like that, that project management so far, quit. Bye. Good job. Yeah. You know? And the other thing is the customer is always right, where the customer is, you know, that um, we always want to provide an outstanding customer experience, mm-hmm. atmosphere of excellence. I absolutely am. A, I am a partner with my clients. My oldest client has been with me for 18 years. Um, but the customer is not always right. And what I feel like that saying does, it allows, it gives people sort of a blank check to act badly. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm a customer, I'm always right. No, actually, you're not always right. And we have had customers in the past 
um, you know, who've come after my team or been nasty to my team. And I'm the first person to jump in front of them and be like, no, you're not going to talk to, you're not going to talk to this person this way. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're here to serve you. But like, if, if you're going to, if you're going to, if this is the way you're going to communicate with us, we're not a match for you. Yeah. And it's really hard to do that when you are starting your business, right? Like your, your budget may depend on that retainer or that project, but it is so important to listen to your intuition and definitely important to partner people. Like you don't have to take somebody's abuse because the customer's always right. No, somebody's sometimes, sometimes people are just not nice and you just don't need to work with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it goes back to like that wisdom. Like you were like, okay, well, what would you say to your, your 20 year or your 25 year old self? I would say, you know, trust your gut. Sometimes clients, Clients will cost you more emotionally, you know, spiritually, physically than the revenue they will actually bring Mm, into your company. Yeah, I love that. Justine, I would love Mm -hmm. to hear how, uh, regarding all of this and and time freedom and and utilizing that with your employees and and building uh, a job and a work environment that works with their life, how have you used that concept to build your business, to grow your business while also nourishing your life and your family life outside of work? So the first thing is, is, um, you know, my industry is very specific, sort of a global problem that affects accounting and bookkeeping as client retention. Um, sorry, not client, uh, talent, talent acquisition and retention, right? So it's really hard to find good people. And once you find them, it's really hard to retain them. So <clears throat> imagine if you're my client, and every month you have a new bookkeeper. How do you think that would make you feel? <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> Not so great, right? So um, using these concepts and, you know, doing little things, right? Like my, like I said, this employee had their two-year anniversary. is something like this awesome basket of, like, amazing chocolate-covered strawberries. I love them. Sherry's berries, whatever. I have no relationship <laughs> with them. I just love the product. Uh, <laughs> because it's awesome. Like, like, like. When people appreciate you, that feels good, right? Yeah. Like you're seen, you're valued, you're cared for. So um, I've been able to develop a lot of loyalty with my employees, which has directly impacted my ability to retain my clients. So from a bottom line perspective, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first part. In terms of how it's impacted my life, um, two years ago, I took an intentional sabbatical. Um, I said, I'm not working for 30 days. <laughs> and part of it was an experiment because I do, because I'm, because I totally like support my team. A lot of times they come to me and they're like, I can't, I can't figure this out. And I'm like, well, if you figured it out, you'd actually like stretch your brain more. And uh, we were just at a point in the business where I was like getting interrupted like 90 times a day. And I'm like, that's it. I'm leaving for 30 days. You guys got to figure it out. <laughs> and, so, and I did. I left for 30 days. I like I told on my client, I was like, bye, it's my 10 year anniversary. I will see you in a month. And um, <laughs> it was amazing. I just like hung out with my husband and we did all these cool things. And 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 I have that ability now. Like my my business is on autopilot. Uh, a year ago in August, we bought a new house. Um, we have a family of five plus my father lives with us. So we're really a family of six. Mm. You know, it is like bananas to like sell your house, and we live in like a super competitive like housing market. So like, you know, it was, it was like I don't know, it was like 
being an, an episode of like real estate gladiators, if there was such a thing. Um, but I was able to take off like that six weeks that I needed to deal with getting my house ready, selling my house, packing my house, unpacking my house, closing, you know, like that's time freedom. Uh, the other piece of time freedom is I've been able to be a class parent for my, for my kids for most years, the years that I wasn't, I intentionally opted out of it. Uh, and that's been really rewarding. Like my youngest daughter, um, her name is Willow. That's so beautiful. And I, yeah. Willow, Georgia, Jolene. It's kind of epic. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and she actually is in a dual language program inside of the larger district. So it's four, it's four classrooms. And these guys travel like through the entire program up until eighth grade. They start in pre-K. So it's a very small group of kids. But like I know them so well, and I come in, and they're like, "Willow's mom is here." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you know what it's like when, like, you know, sixty-six-year-olds turn around, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. and so that's really like that's amazing. Like that's the stuff. Like uh, it really, it like I have been in, like the classroom, like moved to tears before, mm. and um, and that's that's something that I value in my life. Like that's important to me and and it actually brings me a lot of joy uh i know on the the episode where Lindsay was talking about playing with Elle, she's like i don't really like to play with my kid or it was kind of like that and like i'm not like the imaginative play mom i think is the technical term i'm the like let's have parties let's make crafts let's <laughs> right. dance a dance off or instagram like okay word you know <laughs> let's make food together and uh and i can do that as long as I don't have a call scheduled with a client, <laughs> I can do that anytime I want. I think you know? that's the most beautiful part that I love about entrepreneurship is is that freedom and that time that time freedom that you're talking about. We we do have the freedom to work when we want, and if we do schedule a client a client call at this time, it's because we chose to and it, it worked. And so I think that's that's so beautiful. But at the same time, I think I personally found it to be so hard to try to balance work and life. That's something that me and my husband deal with all the time. And I, Justine, would love to hear your thoughts on that. It just I feel like this flows so well into our conversation. I feel like work-life balance is such an elusive concept that's never actually attainable. What are your thoughts on trying to find that balance? Uh, that's another one of those phrases we have to retire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are they kidding? Um, so... Many times over my career, I have had to um, talk clients off the ledge <clears throat> because they go looking for this number, right? They're like, accounting and math is black and white, and we should have the number. And the truth of the matter is this accounting is not black and white, and it gets even grayer as the bigger you, the bigger the numbers are, right? There's more variables in the equation. And I feel like that with the work-life balance, like we're told there's supposed to be this number it's black and white. You should be able to have this balance. And the truth of the matter is it's not. Like right now is my busy season. My busy season is from the second week of January until the last week of February because we do all the bookkeeping. We, all, we do all, all the pre-tax work. And right now my my scales are chipped because I, I literally don't have the bandwidth to give my family my all right now because if I did, my business would shut down. Mm -hmm. So come the summer... In August, when the kids are done with camp and we want to go do whatever we want to do, go to the beach, um, I can give 100% of time to my family. 
And I think that this is just such a huge disservice to parents because you're constantly going after this thing that really isn't attainable. I mean, I think generally speaking, yes, you can try to like have a general balance, right? Like, okay, I, <clears throat> I did the things that I need to do to take care of me. My kid has his homework, my kid has his lunch, whatever it is, you know, that's sort of day to day. But you should know that when those scales tip one way or the other, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went through um, a period in 2014 and um, I'll get Siri talking about it, but it was, I called it the year of death because we had three back-to-back really brutal deaths oh. in my family. Mm. And um, it was the first year since Good Sense started that we didn't grow anywhere between 10 and 15% or 8 and 12%. I think it's, at that time it was between 8 and 12. Now it would be 10 and 15. And um, that was a hard pill for me to swallow. But I also was just out of the office for basically three months mm-hmm. um, because I, I couldn't function. And that was okay. Like it, it was okay to like not grow and just be there and go through yeah. my process. Yeah. And you know, and the, but the business still functions. You know. Yeah. So. I think Justine, uh, literally, what you are saying, even though I totally agree with you, like that phrase needs to retire. In my head, I'm hearing you say that work-life balance means that sometimes you just shift those, those scales tip and, and that balance is recognizing that that happens and that that's okay. And, you know, you, this is your busy season and your scales tip towards your business and towards your work. But then in the summer it gets to flip back the other way. And in my mind, at least that is my understanding of that, that work-life balance and recognizing that in certain seasons and certain weeks, certain days, certain, you know, launches or projects or busy seasons, you might have to give more energy and time to your business, but that is allowing you the freedom to then focus fully on your family or rest or whatever that looks like for you during other seasons. And, and just giving yourself that, that grace that we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, to, to shuffle and, and shift and adjust as needed. In my mind, that's, you know, something that we can always be working more towards and finding those rhythms and those routines, even in our day-to-day life that allow us to make sure we are resting and not just working, you know, 5 a.m. to 2 a.m. type of lifestyle, but also, you know, pulling back a little bit, the, overviewing our seasons and you're in a season of business right now and and keeping the busy season running and and running smoothly and then in the summer it's you know all right kids where do you want to go today what do you want to do today I'm all yours and I love that I think that's such a healthy perspective of business and family life and you know you shift back and forth as needed exactly it's 100% what I'm saying I love that that, you know day to day you want to try to have a general balance but you're you will have these swings one way or the other. And because entrepreneurs are ambitious people, I think sometimes it can be harder for us to tilt in the, in the non-professional, mm-hmm. you know, we feel guilty or we feel, um, you know, that we should have done more, whatever. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that. Um, feeling that guilt of, of loving your job so much that you want to hustle and you want to keep working without even 
almost knowing that, oh, I'm working myself into the ground, but you don't think that way because you love it so much. And then you're like, oh, wait, my family's getting the scraps. Um, I know I, that's something that me and my husband talk about all the time and just really, truly trying to find that balance, quote unquote, <laughs> and just seeing like how the, how the seasons swing, which way or the other. But I love what you said. That's, I think, so encouraging to anybody out there that does struggle with finding the elusive work-life balance. Yes. I love that. The ever-elusive. There's another <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Justine, I would love to hear, you know, we've talked a lot about carving and creating this this job that that fits with your life and your family life and, and just your definition of, of what's important to you because everybody has a different definition of that. But we've talked a lot about that. I would love to hear your advice to anyone out there who is listening and currently hates their job and is longing for that quote unquote dream job, but doesn't even know where to start. Do you have advice for that person? I do have advice for that person. And I think it, it might go a little against the green. Um, but I definitely am a keep it real kind of, we love that. kind of woman. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And um, <clears throat> I adore the people who follow their passion um, because I think they have the ability to harness and pull people and humanity to a direction that we haven't been before, or they create new things or they make new art or they make new businesses. And, um, you know, I personally feel that part of the human experience is about creativity. It is about creating something from nothing so we need the passion pushers, you know? Um, but my father told me something really interesting, and he is not a man of many words, <laughs> believe me. Um, he is an Irish Catholic. It was just, it doesn't happen. <laughs> There's not a lot of self, you know, reflection going on there. But he told me something when I was a teenager was like, he said, look, you know, you have to find something in life that's tolerable. And he's like, I totally get that you want to like, go off and do whatever. But like, if you can find something that you can do every day and like, it's okay. Like, that's cool. Like, because a lot of people yeah. hate their jobs. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, a lot of people hate their jobs. So like the aha moment for me with bookkeeping is like when I give that person clarity or I save them $15,000 in taxes and they, you know, they put a down payment on the house with that many, like that's the beauty of it. But like, the day-to-day -day process of bookkeeping is like not, it's a, it's very labor intensive. So it's not like so passion oriented, you know, but I am good at it. So it's really easy for me to tolerate it. And so when somebody's pursuing, like leaving a dead end job, like maybe sometimes it's not about like, oh, I have to find my purpose or I have to find my calling or I have to find my passion. Like that in and of itself, I think becomes so much pressure that people end up staying in the, like, the dead end job that they can't stand because they like they feel like something's wrong with them because they haven't found their calling when they were five years old you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like I, I went to school with this girl I mean she wanted to be a doctor from the time she was five do you know what she is today a doctor doctor <laughs> <laughs> but like you know so I think that um you know when you're good at something I have a woman on my team started working for me when she was 17. We have an Austin high school as an entrepreneurship program. She came to me through there, which I'd love to talk about that too in one second. But um, <clears throat> she has a preternatural sense of accounting. 
Now, I know that you guys think it's just all addition and subtraction, but some really weird things come up with accounting. And sometimes like, wrapping your head around it is like really hard. And like, so I'm good at it and she is good at it and everybody on my team is good at it. And so like when you're good at something, even though it like it might not like totally light you up, like that feels really good. Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever do a job that you really stink at? Yeah, it doesn't feel good. It's terrible, you know? So so find something you're decent at and make sure it's tolerable. What you're saying reminds me of my husband one time showed me this video by Mike Rowe. He's like the host of the show Dirty Jobs. And he has this video online that's basically... Yeah, he's basically saying like, hey, don't follow your passion, follow opportunity, which is exactly what you're kind of saying, which I love because so many people out there are saying like, oh, follow your passion, follow your dreams, which yes, yes, we do need like that. We do need people to be passionate and excited about what they're doing. But I think there there is an overlooking of this area of no, follow an opportunity or follow a skill that you can utilize. Yes. Um, I could be passionate about being an opera singer, but I can't sing like opera to save my life. So if I follow (laughs) that passion, I'm going to be hitting a wall all the time because I can't sing opera just point blank. I can't do it. And so I I love Justine, what you're saying. I think people need to hear that. I love uh, Mike Rowe because he also, he, he, well, actually part of that conversation with my dad was you have to find a skill and you have to perfect it. Mm-hmm. So everything in my life, even to this day, is always about skill building. That is why we have team meetings, because we skill build together. My team has a choice of taking a class up to $300 a year that they can use here to skill build. Um, so he, he, he gives these, well, I, I've seen it on the internet. That doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> he gives scholarships for kids who pursue trade schools and bookkeeping as a trade. I can go to any country in the world and their tax system might be different, but debits and credit cards will remain the same. So skill building is really important. Very important. I love that. Justine, this has been so amazing. I know you mentioned that you wanted to talk about uh, another quick like rabbit trail topic, and I don't want to let that one slide by. What, What was the thing you wanted to talk about before we wrap up today's episode? Oh, so Austin um, happens to have a entrepreneurship program right within the high school. And I read about it in the newspaper and I reached out to the professor. And um, I guess that was eight years ago. And so she sent me a student. I said, send me your best student. I'm like, I'm, I'm offering a paid internship. She said, okay, bring down the best student. So that best student started working for me her senior year of high school went on to go into college, major in accounting, worked all four years of college, straight through the entire time she was paid. Um, in account, so she was majoring in accounting. And so she left college with five years of accounting experience, plus she was a QuickBooks Online Pro Certified Advisor. Wow. So, yeah. And so now my second student has just, just graduated in December. Same wow. Month, paid the whole wow. time. So... Everybody has to decide what's right for them. Uh, for me, um, unpaid internships, I, I've never had a single unpaid intern in my life. Um, I feel like it's just, just doesn't ethically jive with me, especially with, with women, because I want to teach young women how to ask for money, how to talk about money, and to understand that they deserve money. Um, so this is a really important lesson. So 
Uh, I was very fortunate early in my career to get under the wings of several accountants who really mentored me. Um, so if you have that opportunity, um, I would take advantage of it because in my instance, it worked out because I ended up, you know, they ended up being employees and servicing clients, but, uh, it's very rewarding, you know, community building and being active, uh, in your community is, is really a really beautiful way to connect with other people, um, and can really, really help your business. So that might be, you know, when people are starting out looking for team members, you know, entrepreneurship is such a hot topic now and so many universities have it. You might just want to think about that in terms of talent exploration. Well, Mm -hmm. Justine, thank you so much. You have just dropped so much knowledge, I feel like, for our listeners this last hour. We've talked about time freedom and just how you can set that up for yourself and work-life balance, but then also how you can set up time freedom and in for your employees and actually caring about them and just creating and cultivating a very healthy work environment, which I think is so important. I hear so many, so many companies that, that people hate their jobs. And I think a huge reason why people hate their jobs is because of their work environment. And so you just, you touched on so many different, such important lessons that I know our listeners are going to just love this episode and have so many takeaways. So first off, just thank you so much for being here, sharing your time and sharing your wisdom with us. We do not take that lightly. We are so honored. And secondly, where can everyone find you after listening to all your amazing wisdom? Where can they find you on the interwebs or wherever you may be? (laughs) Um, Well, thank you so much. I always love talking about this stuff. You know, it's been, it's been a long road and not always an easy one. So, um, I always enjoy sharing things that I've learned along the way. So I, I do appreciate that. And I, I love how energetic <laughs> you guys are and how, you know, community oriented you are. No, it's really, it's inspiring to me. I'd love to see that. Really, it's it's always great to connect with people who have, you know, well, thank good you. energy. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. So my company is called Good Sense Bookkeeping, Inc. So it's Good Sense, like dollars and cents. So that's C-E-N-T-S. Uh, so you can find me at www.goodsensebookkeeping.com. It's also Good Sense Bookkeeping on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, so on Instagram, we try to have a lot of little fun and, you know, make money and taxes not so intimidating or boring. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right, Justine, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being on here today. And we can't wait to see people's responses to everything you dropped today. You're welcome. Best of luck to you both. Thanks, girl. You too.